Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Hello, listeners. Uh, episode three going down. I almost lost count already. And there's only three. <laughs> God help us if we keep this going until our hundreds. <laughs> we didn't do too hot with the top seven last time. We were not great at counting. Apparently we can't count. But as, as long as we can talk about body image related issues, then, then we'll, we'll be good. So today we are going to at least start. And I say at least start because this is a huge topic. And one for sure that we want to revisit with certainly we'd love to get a male perspective on this but today we are going to start our conversation about body positivity uh where it began our thoughts on it like how it's branched out over time um so it is a huge topic and uh this may end up being a double episode we're gonna see how it goes just might see where the conversation takes us but um i'm sure everybody has heard of body positivity thought about it somewhat, um, and I'm sure there are a, a lot of different opinions. I know um, I follow uh, one guy, obese to beast is his uh, handle on Instagram. He has an entire YouTube t- channel just like analyzing body positivity, fat acceptance, like all of that stuff. And, and it's like, I've, I've watched a few of them and kind of gone down that rabbit hole. It's like, wow, this is a big world of like fat shaming, fat acceptance and 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 everything in between so yeah i think we both realized looking at this topic that there are a lot of things we didn't know and a lot of different understandings of even what body positivity means in different contexts to all of us so and i mentioned like we would love to get a male perspective but i'd also love to have guests who have of of different shapes and sizes not just gender but different different shapes and sizes because i only have a viewpoint like a personal viewpoint from being somebody who's never really experienced being overweight. I've experienced being super underweight and very briefly dipped a toe in like a little bit chunky, but I've never firsthand experienced what it might be like to to be like what would be considered plus size, for example. So there are more conversations to come, but I thought a good place to start with our conversation about body positivity is a little background in where it all began and uh if if anybody has anything to add or thinks that this you know there's there's we can go back even further with this then absolutely reach out dm us let us know and we'll put that out into the world but from what i found out that body positivity really kind of began in like the 1850s to 1890s which was the first wave of feminism and it came about with the victorian dress reform where Back in the day, thank God, I mean, maybe I was in a former life <laughs> around I, then. We might have all experienced this but in a former life. where, yes. like, the wearing of corsets was was what was totally normal. right? You yeah. had to have a teeny tiny waist and, like, endure hours and hours of extreme discomfort every day. It was probably horribly unhealthy having all of your organs squished. But a group of women started to push back against that as, a like, a fashion idea. Like, female bodies are not shaped like that naturally. And should not have to go through that. But of course, like back in the early days of of people stepping out against that, there was a lot of pushback and women were ridiculed for not wanting to wear the corset. Um, Do you think men ever tried corsets? I don't think so. Like all of these (laughs) things were, most of them, I won't say all of them because I'm not sure, but most of these things were invented by men. And I wonder if they ever just like laced one up on themselves to sort of see what it was like. I mean, it's kind of crazy when you think about... I mean, we had a brief conversation when we were talking about what, like, the episodes we wanted and, like, the topics for episodes about how different cultures adopt different body shapes as being, like, the one to look up to. Like, we were talking about how Polynesian cultures celebrate a larger physique. Right, right. It so how, means I mean, like, how did it... up in the hierarchy. Yeah, how did it ever come about that a female had to have some impossibly tiny waist... And kind of be so frail looking. And that was what was like a sign of 
success. Yeah. I mean, it certainly wasn't a sign of health. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, it's true. They would have seen it maybe as health, but granted, yes, we didn't know that much about <laughs> how unhealthy that was. But I, uh, yeah, I suspect the, the more we dig into the history, I feel like we will, uh, we'll, we'll just arrive at needing to do a lot more research on this, which. So much in the very like early days, like body, from what I've learned, body positivity was more just about, you know, the way one looked as it pertained to like fashion. And then in 1967, a New York radio host named Steve Post held a fat in in Central Park because his wife was um, overweight. I'm not sure to what extent. And he was so sick and tired of how she was ridiculed every time they were out in public. Hmm. He decided that it was time to create a more like culture of fat acceptance. And so in Central Park in 1967, they had a fat in and invited people to come into Central Park and hang out who were, I guess we would consider obese, overweight. I'm not sure if there was like a qualification where you got to measure this or you're not coming in. But that was kind of led to like the National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance which was set up wow. in 1969. They, they organized into into a... They organized, yeah. <laughs> and that's right. I always <laughs> feel from what I know, which I, is, is limited, that there was kind of like a fork in the road where body positivity goes like one way and then there's a specific branch dedicated to like fat acceptance and starting to be like, hey, we should be okay with people who are ah, overweight okay. and not you know, fitting into this like classic box. And that would make sense to me because around that time, I mean, this is also the era of of civil rights in mm-hmm. this country, right? So the discrimination against people for a variety of reasons were definitely coming under scrutiny. So that's interesting that it lines up, um, yeah, with some other major civil rights movements. And then fast forward to 2004, and Dove comes out with their Real Beauty campaign. And I remember this because in 2004, I was 24 years old, right off of the back of being seriously underweight mm-hmm. and then having like binge eaten my way around the fast food establishments of America, gained the extra weight, <laughs> That's right. felt kind of ashamed of myself. And then suddenly I was presented with this image of females of all different shapes and sizes, different skin tones, I think they were wearing like nude colored underwear. Is that- I, I, de- I, I remember this campaign. Yeah, it was definitely different shaped by they were all wearing. Yeah, I think just sort of because I remember underwear because or- I felt like ashamed of how I looked at the time, I guess. Or it was because I, I mean, I guess I didn't at the, t- at the time I didn't have a clue what I wanted to look like or what I considered to be a good look. I still was kind of like programmed to think that thinner is better. Yeah. And like. The, the kind of model you want to see in any kind of advertising campaign is your classic long-legged, super slender female. Um, so when I saw these pictures of these women of different ages, different color skin, different sizes, I was kind of like shocked. Hmm. I was genuinely shocked. I was like, oh gosh, why would they want to put themselves out there? Shouldn't they feel like bad about this because they don't look like a normal model oh interesting so you were the exactly the kind of programming that that they were attempting to fight against which is assuming what someone should look like if they're in an advertisement I mean, it's kind of crazy and i'm kind of thinking as i speak here but like i was more shocked to see a perfectly healthy real looking female than i ever was to see like we mentioned in episode one, the heroin cheek. Yeah, right. That because that was not that long after the no. that sort of trend, at least in supermodels. You're right, and I guess with product advertisement and catalogs, maybe you you don't see the same kind of runway supermodels. But yeah, that's that's interesting. And I also remember, I think that was the same campaign where Dove also made all the bottles of body wash in different shapes. Like somehow that there was like a curvy bottle and like a round bottle and then a tall slim bottle or something as if the, uh, yeah, the product itself was kind of mimicking the the different body types um, that the ads had. And I can't, like I honestly can't even remember. Like now I look at that and I think that's really cool to see that. But at the time it was shocking. 
And I'm now shocked. Right, just sitting right, here. That I'm was shocked. shocked that that was shocking. Out loud. I'm shocked that that was shocking. <laughs> and that I was 24 years old and had never really had any images of a healthy, normal-looking female put in front of me. Right? That is, and that is shocking when you think about that. Because that, that was also the time in my life where I was probably reading more magazines and mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, whether it's, you know, gossip celebrity magazines or outdoor magazines. I don't I don't think I read that many fitness magazines other than like the out, outdoor type ones. But but yeah, and to, to actually be able to remember that that surprised you because you'd never seen it. I mean, what was your reaction to that? I mean, I don't have any memories of that particular ad I don't campaign. know why that is so like... In, like well, Right. I, I mean, it it's true. We have thing. these, we have these things. I, I just, you know, it's funny. Cause like what I actually remember about that ad campaign campaign, and I don't remember where this came from exactly, but I remember it being criticized and I, and now I like can't even remember why either it was, you know, I, I mean, it might've been the similar criticisms that we hear about body positivity stuff now. Like it was, you know, what were they trying to say about these body types? Or maybe there wasn't the other than body type, was there enough diversity or other kinds of things? But um, I feel like whenever whenever there are these big moves that we see online, there's almost always a backlash. And I feel like that's what I remember. And I now I need to go look up what was the backlash to that um, to that ad campaign, because I because I don't think it went over well universally. Because it didn't last very long either. That's what I remember about it. it didn't well, they tried to start their, the Dove self-esteem movement. And it was kind of like the early days. I need to, I'll definitely look into that more. But like, has there ever been the equivalent for guys? Like where suddenly the male physique oh, was no absolutely. longer like, oh, you don't, that, what? You know what it is? <laughs> it's the dad bod movement. Remember when like Leonardo DiCaprio, apparently, like, like all of a sudden was all these shirtless photos of him at the beach or something and he's not super fit or he wasn't at the time in the conventional sense of like a six pack like your your typical um kind of icon of hollywood shredded shredded exactly um and since leonardo dicaprio also exclusively dates supermodels pretty much right mm-hmm. that was also always his thing that uh that the dad bod move started so all i mean i can think of all kinds of, uh, you know, kind of attractive celebrity men who probably made like, you know, people's or sexiest man alive kind of lists who all of a sudden were like, who needs abs? Like they had love handles and they were all over the beach. So I feel like the dad bod movement maybe is like, <laughs> is, is a thing there, but, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to get, we'll have to get a man on, um, to like find someone to talk about actually what that's like for a guy to all of a sudden see uh, really f- famous men um, I'm also get inter- to just be who they are. And right? I'm also interested, it would be, I would also be interested to ask a guy how, not only how they feel about like guy standards of mm-hmm. beauty, like how that's changed and how it makes them feel, but like how they perceive something like the Dove campaign. Right. Like, do you yeah. want to see women that probably look much more like your wife, your girlfriend. Right, like, like the women maybe that what you want to see. Because we can't all be Leonardo DiCaprio and only date supermodels, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I, that's actually interesting. In in the history you were going over, that fat in, I mean, that was, that was a man organizing something. I mean, I don't know the full story, but it sounds like he loved his wife and didn't like the way she was treated. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's interesting, too, that it was a man that organized that to sort of start a conversation about about fat shaming but it's kind of crazy like i wonder if he was overweight yeah (laughs) right i mean it's it's, it's, i have a lot of questions about that that particular why should somebody i mean we'll get there but like why should somebody be shamed for the size that they are doesn't really make any sense. But until it's normalized. i mean clearly i was surprised to see yeah like i don't i don't remember from the dove campaign but i I don't recall that there being anybody like morbidly obese on there. It was just like very normal, healthy looking women. And that was a shock to me. You know, and maybe that was the criticism. Like I have this vague memory that there was some pushback. Maybe they didn't have, yeah, maybe it wasn't women who were very large. Maybe it was like 
quote unquote, more normal looking women. But in reality, I I remember back in around that time, that was when, you know, I, I remember learning statistics and things like actually the average American woman is like a size 14 mm-hmm. or, you know, right? Like it's, it's larger certainly than the size woman that you see in just about every ad campaign or magazine feature. Um, so, I mean, that, that could have been the criticism back then was, but, you know, was it still slim, beautiful people or curvy, beautiful people um, that by comparison looked more real, but maybe wasn't actually that diverse? That is true. And so just after the Dove, there was like in 2017, there was an American women's underwear company that vowed to no longer retouch or Photoshop any of their pictures. And in 2019, Decathlon came out with leggings for everybody Hmm. so that, you know, you shouldn't feel ashamed to to put on your favorite comfy leggings. But I guess the question comes, where is the cutoff point when it comes to like, ultimately, as a nutrition coach, putting that hat on, I'm always talking to people about health is most important. Okay, put your health over and above what you look like. Mm -hmm. Like just as having six pack abs may not actually mean you are healthy. Right. Equally, overly celebrating morbid obesity. I mean, that's not particularly healthy either. Right. So it's yeah, you're right. It's the line. Like, where is the line between acceptance and not not creating a culture that shames people for what they look like? But. Yeah, it, 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 there's definitely a question there of like, what is healthy? Because that's also the issue um, that's happening actually right now. Uh, the, the February 2021 Cosmo issue is um, a number of women. I think it's like a dozen or so. And the, the title of the cover that I saw, I think they have a, a couple different versions, says like, this is healthy. And it's a whole bunch of women uh, who are in kind of in or around the, the fitness world of all different body types, ranging up to, I think, what someone would look at and consider quite obese. Um, and it's not just celebrating the body types. It's actually saying this is healthy. Mm-hmm. Health and, at every size, right, right? Exactly. Health at every size movement. And it's interesting because the backlash against that is definitely, you know, of the moment because people are questioning, I've read a couple blogs on it, you know, people are questioning what's what's the value when we're going through a pandemic and obesity and diabetes are, are two of the uh, biggest risk factors for morbidity with COVID. So, um, you know, is what, what does it mean when we're putting out something that seems to indicate people of every size can be healthy and yet we have diseases and, and other health-related um, statistics, right? Where I mean, well, the greatest strains on American healthcare. Right. I mean, it's... Or diseases, well, metabolic diseases. Yep. I mean, heart disease, all kinds of things that are, are dramatically increased with what we... I mean, I, I don't know how they call them sort of diseases that are life can be exacerbated by lifestyle. So diabetes, type two diabetes, obviously distinguishing that from the one people are born with, but um, yeah. And it's, and it's tricky because what they probably don't tell you. And granted, I did not read all the articles in Cosmo. This was looking at the cover and just reading people's blogs, but um, you know, I don't think they tell you like what, what every, every woman's, uh, resting heart rate is or blood pressure or right. I mean like health indicators mm-hmm. as because I mean, there's know. a distinct sort of set of parameters, which are generally deemed to be healthy. Like for a female, 18 to 28% body fat is considered to be like a healthy range. Yeah. But I've come across several people who were outside of those markers, mm-hmm. granted not by like a great deal, but outside who are perfectly healthy. Right. There's plenty of people like you mentioned, you're big, fan of following Lizzo on Instagram mm. who yeah. demonstrates considerable stamina like you watch her performances works out she I mean she she does she trains a lot she's got if, if if you don't follow Lizzo on Instagram Lizzo be eaten it's is her handle it's, it's great because I mean she she has she posts all kinds of different things but she's gone through posts where she shows her workouts 
Um, and then if you just watch her perform, the the endurance that she has to to dance, to do her types of performances while wearing shoes that I could never wear. I can barely work out in shoes designed for working out. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, her she also carries considerable more body weight than I do. It's impressive. And it is hard to imagine that as hard as she works, like, yeah, I mean, her resting heart rate could be really low. Her blood pressure could be great. I mean, she absolutely could be healthy given the amount that it seems she works out. And lately she's been posting a lot of things about what she eats too. Mm -hmm. And, um, didn't she lose some weight and then get shamed uh, by like always haters or something or like, like, I feel like like a, uh, not a, a juice cleanse or like somebody did like a smoothie challenge and it was just a way to increase like, yeah, like here, have a bunch of fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. And she did it. And people were, they were like, I can't believe you're trying to lose weight. You're supposed to be out there empowering large women. Because, like, that's, like, a whole nother yeah. movement that's taken hold where people, you know, first up, it was, like, everyone's got to be thin. Like, thin is good. Thin is great. Right. Like, back in the 80s, 90s, like, thinner the better. Everything's, like, diet this and low fat this. And and then, like, fat acceptance came along. And now it's, like, if, if you were, you know, considered overweight or obese or, like, part of that community mm-hmm. and then you decided actually maybe I'm not as healthy as I could be, I need to lose weight, then suddenly you're like kicked out of the club. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, um, I mean, this is, I think in a lot of movements, there's this idea of like, uh, you know, some people call it like purity testing. Like if you're going to be the leader Ooh, I've of, heard of that. yeah, if, I mean, it, it has a lot of political application as well, but I mean, if you're going to be the, the spokesperson or the icon of a movement, basically everything you do is going to be scrutinized by your followers and if all of a sudden you don't maintain perfect integrity in their mind, uh, people tend to move into then the, the cancel culture idea. Like, wow, well, if, if Lizzo's gonna, you know, drink some green smoothies because she's trying to lose weight, I don't wanna follow her anymore. And it's crazy. But but yeah, I, I think that's 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 the weird thing is that this positivity movement has just because it all hap like so much of it happens online, it just brings out really hateful kind of rhetoric against it um that that you just see all over the internet it's right and then so at some point and i i remember i don't even remember when i first became aware of this too like there was definitely a shift in how clothing was sized right i know every brand differs from one to another but like as humans i mean we have been getting fatter as a nation and then, like, we were, you know, more images of, of different body types coming out. But then clothing sizes also began to change, too. Because even though we were accepting of more realistic shapes, like, size zero was, like, history. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Vanity size sizing. double zero? Oh, my gosh. What, what did double zero mean? Like, how can like there dead? be something less <laughs> than zero? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, so, but, but vanity sizing then started to come in. So mm-hmm. even though we were normalizing getting bigger and bigger, we still were clinging to this idea that we had to be, like, smaller. That a size mattered. So, yeah. And we actually, we had this experience recently because we went off on a little girl shopping trip to the outdoor Oh, malls, yes. <laughs> and one of my favorites. All you do during the pandemic brands, is buy more leggings. Yeah. One of my favorite workout brands is Lorna Jane, which is actually an Australi- Australian company. Great clothes, love them, not knocking them, highly recommend them. But when we were all trying stuff on, like the shop assistants kept saying, hey, you should really try that on a size smaller. Now I'm not, I'm 5'5", 136 pounds, reasonably muscular physique. I'm not a big person, but I know for sure that I'm not an extra small person. I'm pretty sure if I stand in front of a panel of people that never met me, no one's gonna describe me as extra small. And yet, in that clothing company, yeah, I am an extra small. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same at that, that same trip, Lorna Jane. Like, I am pretty solidly a medium, so I'm five five. Hannah and I are the same height, but I'm 155 pounds. Um, so right, I mean, a 20 pound difference in our size, like that, to me is like sure, the difference between like a small and a medium, or a medium and a large. 
Uh, and every time I came out in a size medium that I thought fit fine, it didn't like pinch on my waist. It was, you know, felt comfy. Some of them are more compressive than others. And she just kept throwing me smalls. Like, like, like as if she just really had this vested interest in making me think I was a size small, even though I, I am not at all, I don't have any problem with being a size medium. <laughs> but we still get this kick out of like, oh, I can be considered a size yeah. less. Yeah. And then... Yeah, I mean, like clothing, that, that, that could be, I feel like we're going to say this yeah. every time. That's another episode, just talking about yeah. like clothing sizes and between brands, different clothing sizes. And what is your point behind vanity sizing? I mean, like, yeah. why can you not just be, I'm a size 14? Oh, yeah. great. This is what it is. Well, and, and I mean, why companies would also then have to maintain some sort of consistency, right? I mean, my memories of being a teenager and then into like my 20s back when Abercrombie and Fitch was like the big thing here um and I I will kind of criticize them because they came under criticism for lots of things they had like racist hiring practices they had uh, a, a lot of like discrimination and like weird tactics and one of their tactics was and they they were outed for this from like memos from corporate they would put larger sizes out of reach so if you were above a size eight, you had to ask someone to get down the big sizes for you. Really? Oh yeah, it was a huge thing. You like, it, it was this literally like larger sizes were inaccessible physically. They didn't want people to be showing off I their clothes know. in a way that they what didn't is the point? Like, there's no logical reason by sh- about shaming your customers that way. But they did it. They also played obnoxiously loud music that they would not turn down and. It apparently was shown that that gets people to get in, buy quickly, and leave. So, I mean, like, this is like, these are just weird practices in general, but I definitely remember that. Like, the opposite of vanity sizing. In Abercrombie and Fitch, I was like a 14 sometimes because they, they were all about the zero, double zero, zero, mm-hmm. two, and four. Those were the only sizes, like, within reach. Because it's like, I remember when I moved from England to America. So, in England, I was mostly like, when I was at a healthy weight, I was mostly like a size 10 or sometimes an eight. And then US UK sizes, sizes yeah, are that's like true. a step down from that. So yeah. now like I'm mostly a size six now. Yeah. And then it was super confusing when I dip a toe into a four and I'm like, wait, yeah. what? But it's kind of the same thing as we mentioned in the last episode about attaching value to a weight on the scale. Like we all right. have like we a have clothing a, yeah. size that we're attached to. And yeah. if you go somewhere and you have to size up, it's kind of like, <gasps> yeah. And then you go to places like, well, like European Union, like EU sizes on the mainland are like some of them, H, you go to like an H&M store and it's like 38, 40, mm-hmm. 42. And I'm like, I'm I don't even know. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm sometimes like a 42. And uh, but yeah, so I mean, maybe that's what we all need to do. We just need to shop in different countries all the time. So we totally lose track of what sizes. <laughs> Instead of looking for the number, you just try things on until you find the But isn't it wild? Like rather you. than going like, hey, okay, you go in and you, you try on your usual size and it doesn't work. And immediately you're like, oh God, right. I should be shamed. It's terrible. Just like, wait a minute. Maybe I grew some more muscles or maybe yeah. something else is going on in life. Or maybe I changed store. Like- exactly. You're just at a different <laughs> store. Because I've seen that too, where people have, have posted, um, they've, they have like four different kinds of gap jeans that are all technically the same size, but they're different styles. And you line them up and see that there's inches difference. Yeah, like, in like things that are apparently this, the same size. The same deal in like Lucky Brand jeans, where I I ordered like I went into the store and I tried some on, loved them. I took in like my usual size six. Yeah, it was so big they like fell down. So I went out and got a size four, and they were big. So I went out and got a size two. And at yep. this point, I was laughing because I was like, "This is not possible." So then I loved the <laughs> jeans. Later on, ordered them online. Ordered three different styles. Two of those styles have a were the same kind of material, a little bit of stretch, size two, perfect. One of them was no stretch. Then the size two, like same exact style of jean, just yeah. like a tiny bit different material. Couldn't get it over Couldn't my even ass. Get it off. Love yeah. nor yeah. money. Yeah. And yeah, and then for the rest of the day I felt really shitty about myself. Yeah. Which is so stupid. And the pa- I, I mean it's it. amazing the power of that to make a you feel shitty the rest of the day. Um, yeah, that, so I, I have, uh, this, this company and admittedly, I haven't actually bought anything from this company yet, but I am so in love with their marketing and their, uh, their sizing. Uh, it's called 
girl clothing, G-R-R-R-L. Um, so it's just, you know, sports apparel. That's, you'll, you'll find that with <laughs> Hannah and I. All we really like shop is, is workout gear. So. Does it have elastic in it? Okay, I'm <laughs> exactly. down. Exactly. So different workout uh, gear. But um, their sizing is awesome. You go in and you look at the drop down menu and instead of like 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12 or small, medium, large, it's a bunch of names. Mm-hmm. It's like Heather, Amanda. And you're like, what is this? How do I know what size I am? So you kind of click through and you get to this list and they have um, like eight or 10 female athletes and the sizes are all their names. And so what you do, you look at these women and it tells you about who they are as an athlete and then tells you what their measurements are. So I think, uh, I, I believe if I recall correctly, I am somewhere between, um, let me check. I just want to make sure. Yeah. So I'm between Amanda and Heather in their sizing. And Amanda is this like amazing female boxer who has won like world titles at seven different weight classes and like crazy things. Um, and then they give you her measurements. So it's like, if your chest measures this, if your waist measures this, and if your hips measure this, you're Amanda. Um, and then Heather, who I'm actually most like, and I'm super excited about this, she is a Highlands game champion. <laughs> so like, I love she picks up giant like boulders and and I can picture you doing like a log right. Toss. Oh my! Well, I think it's because I'm Canadian, right? This is like the lumberjack <laughs> games kind of like love in me. So she has done Highlands game championships, which if you've never watched those listeners, just Google and look up some amazing Highland game stuff. So I am most uh, like Heather McDonald, this amazing uh, Highlands game champion. So even just that, like. Instead of me worrying about what actual size I'm buying, like maybe Heather, I mean, she kind of looks, I would imagine she's somewhere between like an eight, around an eight or a 10. But who gives a shit? Because it's like, exactly. what can she do? And this was like, and what, I'm going to like be like, what oh, I asked I'm going to buy this. Yesterday, when like, about like, how would you market like your mm-hmm. exercise program to show right. results? And the you're t- like, yeah, by the measuring the difference right. between what you can do. <laughs> And like, rather than place your entire self worth and value in a clothing size number, which yeah. quite frankly you could go two stores down and it'd be entirely yeah. different just between the stores. It's like, I love that idea of like, get rid of the damn number because who gives a crap? Right. And it doesn't really mean anything anyway because at the yeah. drop of a hat, a company could just decide, huh, I'm gonna change it all up. The fabric is gonna be cut differently, and then their size medium might be completely different. I mean, anyway, even within so. a, a brand, yeah. like we've we've bitched about it regularly oh yeah that you know within a single oh. brand you can buy shorts in one material at one size and you buy them in another material at the same size and they're completely different fit yep which drives me insane most co- it's terrible now a lot of companies not because i care about which size yeah. i am but just because it's annoying having to send stuff back right. that doesn't fit. I, I generally i make sure they have free returns or some kind of reasonable return policy and then i just buy multiple sizes because it's it's yeah it's hard to predict that now but but yeah but so i'm like i'm super excited to order some clothing from girl, girl. so that i can see if i really am like heather mcdonald and i'm gonna look it up <laughs> we should we should buy like we could we could do like a youtube episode we right. should buy the similar things and then test them out to see like how yeah how accurate that is well i mean we we had this experience last or this past christmas right we both ordered those awesome uh uh buffalo plaid shorts oh yeah yeah for yeah, christmas yeah. and we are usually like bought the same size we always buy and for some reason this particular fabric or something was so big and then Hannah and I were just swimming in our um, adorable buffalo plaid Christmas booty shorts. <laughs> they were definitely not ones to go without underwear underneath. <laughs> little no, flabby. I mean they they were almost like they were like running shorts instead of tighter compressive sort shorts. So as but. we've been talking about uh, like what we've seen like in advertising and and like clothing that we buy and stuff, and I mentioned about how seeing the dove advertisement made me feel like a little shock factor if you're looking through like you you talk about girl and how you love how they're sized but when you're looking because now most of our shopping is done online yeah when you're looking online at these websites and you see images of um you know the various different females wearing what you might want to buy leggings sports bra whatever what do you want to see 
Like, do you want to see... Does it make you soul sing with joy when you see... Like, I recently bought a swimsuit, a one-piece swimsuit. And so now, like, my social media is spammed with that company every time I right. open it up. <laughs> yes. And yes. one thing that's really I've noticed is that they seem to have... Well, certainly the ads that are coming through my social media are mostly plus-size models. Mm-hmm. Modeling mm-hmm. swimsuits. Not your traditional six-foot legs... Super yeah. slender. So I've been like, oh, that's really interesting. Um, especially because I, you know, I don't know whether they just prefer that look because like a swimsuit looks better when you've got some boobs and you've got some curves yeah. or somehow the algorithm on my phone has determined that that's what I need to look at. Right. It could be. It could but be like, just all strategy, artificial see? intelligence that that, I mean, I, you know, I'm such a different consumer at, at this point in my life. Um, where where I'm I don't know how to say it it's like a, it's like I've almost lost track of what what I want to see in terms of what I like resonate with it's more there there are ideas of what I want to see so like I am very supportive of the idea of ad campaigns that show all kinds of different bodies all kinds of different ages all kinds of different um races and ethnicities Mm -hmm. and so if i see a company doing that well i want to buy from them because they're doing that well so it's not necessarily that i connect with a particular person in the advertising maybe like wow that person looks like me um i what i connect with is like what is the what is the the strategy or the the values behind what that company's out there doing and that's what makes me want to buy from them so i feel like uh, on some way, <laughs> I've mature. I don't know if that's me maturing a little bit. Where like, I'm, I'm, I'm buying with my values or something like that, mm-hmm. right? But then again, like then again, you, you, we, we've actually talked about something that, um, that is relevant to this, and also, I think in my in my first introduction where I was talking about how CrossFit made me focus more on what my body can do rather than it looked like, mm-hmm. but then ironically. It, it provided me with another ideal body type to strive after, mm-hmm. like the elite CrossFit athlete. And I think that's probably what gets me in, in, in advertising because I don't wear booty shorts very often, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not – so I mean, flat out, I think I'm just not comfortable enough in my body to wear booty shorts that often. And yet I still buy them kind of regularly. I don't have like a massive – you know, collection of them, but I still buy them because I think in some of those fitness brands, I see bodies and I'm like, will, will getting those shorts make me look more like that? See, that's like, (laughs) that's where like I was, I was, when we were going to talk about the subject and I was laying in bed one night kind of thinking about that, that on the one hand, the swimsuit company that I referenced, I was like, wow. Sure, the images that I'm now seeing, like plus size models, that's not what I look like. I'm not like, I don't yeah. have any boobs. So <laughs> that style of swimsuit is not going to look that good on me because it's going to be like gaping holes. <laughs> it should be boobs. And I, I'm not like hugely curvy, so it's not going to look like that. But here's a girl who looks beautiful and confident and would pull that swimsuit off. So maybe if I just adopted that like attitude and owned it, then... I could somehow pull it off. Yeah, like you're connecting with an attitude. I like that. But, like, that. like you just said, so I'm, I'm thinking of one brand in particular, Born Primitive. I buy a lot of their stuff. It's like athletic clothing, big in like CrossFit world. And when it comes to booty shorts, like I love them. I do wear them. But I also am blessed with the cellulite gene. And we are going to like take our body positivity <laughs> conversation beyond just like like body size shortly. Yeah, yeah. But when I'm buying something like that, when I look on their website and I see booty shorts on like super athletic girls with like beautiful quads and hamstrings and like strong glutes <laughs> and just like it they look amazing. And so it makes me want to buy it because I'm like it's aspirational, right? I'm like yeah. if I buy this product then somehow I'm going to be transformed into what I'm looking yeah. at and I'm that's going to be me. And of course, like that you don't get transformed into 
a super athlete by putting on a pair of shorts. <laughs> but that's but what it's gets like, that's you. what I want to see. Like yeah. I don't want to see booty shorts necessarily on someone who looks like they've never lifted a weight in their life. Even yeah. if that, like, because I mean, but that's somebody else's ideal. But for me personally, yeah. I want to buy into a concept that, that somehow that's going to be right. me. And th- and that's, I mean, that's why advertising gets paid the big bucks, right? Because they're connecting with that. And that's interesting. You brought, you brought up, uh, like, cellulite, too. Because now that I'm thinking about it, how is it possible that all these amazing, like, we'll just stick with, like, elite CrossFit athletes that we follow online or that we see? Because a lot of these companies, like Born Primitive and Fleo, they... they they use elite CrossFit athletes as their models because some of them even, oh, you know, are bought into some of these companies and stuff like that. But how is it possible that none of them have cellulite? But they do. Statistically. <laughs> like they Because should. I remember one year, and it may have been, I don't know if it was coverage of like regionals or the CrossFit games, and there was like one event, most female athletes were wearing booty shorts, and... Sarah Sigmund's daughter copped some serious shit from the internet haters. Yeah. Because you could see like the tiniest, tiniest little reference to a dimple on the back of a thigh. Really? Yeah. And oh, wow. like people went to town on her about it. And it was like, whoa. I mean, this is what blows my mind. Like, how is it possible that people still don't realize that things like cellulite and lots of other things that have somehow been deemed ugly are genetic like right like like you can't in most cases you can't work your way out of cellulite like you can it's, it's you a can genetic improve the appearance adaptation of how your fat cells formulate like how they, yeah. they're structured and it's like like i can certainly improve the appearance like if i if i ate like crap and i ate tons of sugar right and was dehydrated inflamed then the different it, factors. mine would be really yeah. obvious and i can certainly make it look better but it's never going to be gone and i know right. that because i have cellular level right? almost all yeah. of my body fat and it took being Isn't like nearly dead for like yeah it to be pretty much not not visible so I mean, that's another interesting aspect of body positivity. And like when and I think we did like the classic, when you think about body positivity, you immediately go to, oh, like fat versus thin. Yes. Yeah. And like, oh, body positivity, you know, it's about being proud of who you are, whatever size you are. And yeah. But there's a lot more to body positivity than just your physical size. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I think that that's true, too, is like on... I mean, I, I, I try to curate my Instagram feed a little bit, so I'm, I'm exposed to a lot of things that are different, and it, it's it's kind of fun going through that practice because as the, I don't know if it's the algorithm that is learning from that or something, but I tend to see a lot more things about adaptive sports. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, CrossFit's really uh, now is getting much better at, at – um, having, you know, a focus on adaptive. So that's like... Well, they have an amp- adaptive amp- vision amp- now. Like there's an adaptive vision. So these are like amputees and um, people with all kinds of other different, uh, like physical, different abilities um, and disabilities physically. But then there's also, you know, I I follow some women on Instagram who are totally normalizing uh, like body hair. Like mm-hmm. they, they don't really shave anymore. And it's like, here's me in a swimsuit on the beach, just like totally comfortable in the natural body I have. When did shaving, female shaving become I feel like that's a whole other history like I don't even want to dive into. But like even things like moles and freckles. I remember when all of a sudden there was like this whole move in like the supermodel runway fashion world that like freckles were all of a sudden awesome. Like and and gap oh, yeah. and gaps gaps, in, gaps in the front teeth. Yes. Like where that all of a sudden was like the sexy supermodel ideal, and yet you know rewind ten years and people were photoshopping out freckles, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, Pippi Longstocking, which was my favorite book as a kid, was, I mean, part of that kind of persona was that she was this kind of like ugly redheaded girl with freckles. And so, like, I grew up thinking she was awesome, but also thinking that freckles and red hair 
weren't or, beautiful. Yeah, like that that was somehow made you quirky just, and so, different. Do you think the red hair being like on the fringe of the hair colors came from like the association with freckles and freckles I being don't know. ugly? I mean, I guess freckles anything like green eyes, which are yeah, also eyes. an uncommon, right? But like genetically, it's one of the more recessive really? genes to get green eyes. Yeah, there, there's... It's, so are you saying I'm special? You are special. Woo-hoo! You should love your green eyes even more. But but I don't know, because like green eyes have always been considered beautiful, and yet redheads have kind of struggled against the the ugly. I mean, literally, when, when someone is like the black sheep of the family or something, there's black sheep, which is, you know, has, has racist uh, undertones, well, overtones. And then there's the idea of like the redheaded stepchild, right? That not Ooh. being the stepchild made you like you know not not belong, so yeah. So I don't know redheads, freckles, all these things have gone through phases of being ugly, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden having like a positivity movement behind them. It's kind of like fashion, right? My mom was always like, "Well, you know, if you keep it long enough, eventually it'll come back in." Yeah, keep your just keep your freckles. Don't don't go uh, you know trying to laser them freckles. off. Can you laser freckles? <laughs> you you can absolutely like uh, IPL photo facials. Like sun damage can be reversed with laser facials. Oh, so freckles are basically, I mean, it's a form of sun damage. I guess some people just have more of them than others. Are you but... born with freckles, or do you get freckles? But uh, that's a good uh, question. Science. I know I get. I, I get, I get more. Sun. I get more when I get sun, like sun in the summer. So I, every summer I would just have way more freckles on so my you get nose. Uglier in the summer. I <gasps> guess so, but but I was Shankara, also you should hide I was also away. I was also achieving that if you can't tone it, tan it in the summer. So, <laughs> so what are you meant to do? Like you're out there trying to tan it, not tone it. For <laughs> but then you get freckles. Then, then you have to try again. to get rid of. So so like it's kind of funny when you put <laughs> talk about it like that. Like it it's almost impossible to achieve any kind of like beauty ideal and feel good about yourself at any given time and i really like body body i don't know why i can't say it's body 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 positivity positivity. (laughs) i'm trying trying to merge it into one word it's it's more like i don't even know if it should be a movement it should just be like why can't we just be cool with who we are with what we got and yeah forget all of these movements and all of this crap be like what is what is healthy for me am i wearing something that is comfortable that lets me do the things i need to do Mm -hmm. am i taking care of my basic hygiene check am i healthy am i eating food that is actually made of food and not chemicals check 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 and are you and are Let's you happy, go. right? Like yeah. I think I think that's what's happened with body positivity too. Is that the fact that we even call it body positivity means that everything else is sort of implied then as negative, right? right? Like the world is always telling us everything is negative. You always have to change something, and I think that's what I'm seeing. Body positivity, that movement, is actually swinging around to to more of just be happy in the skin you're in like yeah. love the skin you're in um so it's not about positive or negative it's just about normalizing everything it's like normal because like, in the beginning yeah. like when we were talking about body size like you know if you were overweight suddenly this gave you an avenue to be you and yet yeah if you decide that your weight is actually not healthy and you try to lose it you're kicked out of the club yeah so like yeah it should be about like finding your own personal like happiness and healthy place. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why like I see a lot of this in some of the like body positivity influencers. What they're really advocating a lot for is more more like in the world of like self-love and self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will go back to Lizzo for a moment because I, I really I, I really I love so much of what she does uh, in this world. But she has started um, talking to her belly every day. So she like stands in the mirror and she just sort of like squeezes and loves on her belly and talks to it. And it's like this really intimate and beautiful and vulnerable thing where she's just like, this is my body. And it, I, and she seems, she loves her body. She loves, she's living her best life in the, the body that she has learned to love, that she like celebrates all the time. And it's so cool. 
and I feel like, I mean, I will say like the, the people I study, um, women of color and particularly black women are way better at that than we are. Oh yeah. Like, like these like really radical self-love, like what it really means to be comfortable and normalize the things that we've been talking about. Um, I do feel like white women kind of perpetuate the, the, the bad parts, right? Like we, for whatever reason, you know, culturally, um, so I love watching, yeah, watching other, other people do it, um, because it's hard. It's, it's really hard to do. So I've been watching Lizzo talk to her belly, uh, which is fabulous. I mean, like I've definitely gone a long way in my own personal journey to just being like, this is who I am. And like, I have an ass and it's not going to go away unless I'm in a very miserable, unhealthy spot. So freaking own it. Yeah. 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 I've got some cellulite. Wear the damn booty shorts. And hey, guess what? You don't have to look at it because even if I stand in front of the freaking mirror, like I love nothing more than when I've been to gyms and um, there's like people like females who are larger than me, who carry more body fat than me. And it's summertime and they're in their sports bra and their shorts and they are just crushing a workout yeah. and owning it and couldn't give a goddamn shit <laughs> if some bit is jiggling a little yeah. bit or whatever. And you know what? Because they're just doing their thing, yeah. nobody is going, oh, good Lord, you should not be wearing those right. shorts. Or, and I look oh, at those I people, see some lumps and bumps. I, look I don't at those even see that. And I am jealous. Like, I mean, I think this is the thing. Like, and I will admit this. I do see it. I see the wobbly bits because I have wobbly bits too. But when I see people doing that, I am jealous. Like, like I am jealous of that confidence. And I think that's right. Like they are helping normalize wobbly bits and they totally should be because we've all got them. Like, I know very few people that really have, the, have, you know, just gen- won the genetic lottery. Um, so they don't have to worry about this stuff. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm jealous. I, I know I am not down i'm down not far down that path i'm not owning it i'm definitely not there yet i'm much more able like sure when i first started like the sport of crossfit i i would look at people who had more body fat than me in smaller amounts of clothing than me and i was kind of like ooh, yeah (laughs) but like my reaction to the dove thing where i was like Oof, really? You want to yeah. put that out there? But Especially when you're like jumping around and bouncing <laughs> around and like things are flying and left, right, and center. And yeah. that's what I was like, damn. And then like I started to make myself take my shirt off yep. in the summer when I was working out to be like, because well, it gets hot. What's wrong with Sometimes me? it's like, I would always be, I'm like, dude, it's hot and sweaty. And if you're working out in a hot, humid place, it's great to take your shirt off because you're more comfortable, you're cooler, like all this stuff. And but like most, I mean, the one thing I did love about like most CrossFit gyms is are no mirrors. Like in our gym right now, there are mirrors. And there's one mirror in the corner that's definitely more flattering. Oh my gosh. And I do catch myself every time I'm in there wearing shorts or like in the summer, like if if I pop the top and the sports bra is out, like in one mirror, I'm like, okay, the other mirror, I catch myself going, oh, and I'm like, shut up. I set up. Shut up. I set up my station. I try most of the time I set up where I am not in front of a mirror because I'm like that. I also loved that about like CrossFit gyms is... It, it is not about looking at yourself doing things. It's about, yeah, doing things and noticing how they feel and how your body feels. And and then, yeah. like, nine times out of ten, you know, if, if you're there doing your thing and, like, you, you start criticizing yourself because, like, there's, there's, you know, like, your legs don't look perfect or whatever, people will come up to you and be like, wow, you look amazing. I'm like, what are they seeing? Yeah. Hmm, what am I not seeing? And it's all, it's all so silly because, ultimately, I go there not to pose but to, to lift things, lift heavy things. Right. Pull off some I don't know. Thunder move. Bros did tell you you should work on posing. I mean, should work that, on my that, poses. That was built into your programming for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Trying yeah. to pose. But like one note that you made, and I'm looking at your notebook with a big underline, talking about maintenance. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, this, yeah. like we just identified, like body positivity should be focused on you personally and what is happy, healthy for you. Because if a movement tells you like right now being like plus size is super healthy. So everybody goes, okay, oh, it's like the the thing du jour. Like let's all go eat to get ourselves plus size and just own it and like love on ourselves. Then we're chasing after that goal and we get there and then suddenly it's like, oh, no, wait, no, no, everybody's got to be a size four, and that's yeah. what's great. And then you chase another thing, and, like, 
so often and I found out like when I work with nutrition clients is that there's this kind of pinballing constantly between like I gotta look like this no wait I gotta look like this no wait I gotta look like this and and how the hell are you ever like we all have a set point right we're all different we all have a set point and where our bodies like are comfortable and happy and healthy sitting yeah and there's nothing wrong with being a little either side of that set point depending on where you're at in life what your goals are what you need your body to be able to do or how much time you want to put into being strict or less strict about certain things but there's an like maintenance is a goal it is yes yes being and that's not just like in terms of your size like looking at yourself in the mirror and not suddenly going holy shit i need to laser off half of the shit in my face because it's not okay right like just stopping and going wait a minute this is how i can be putting in like a reasonable amount of time to be like fit and healthy and cook yeah. and do the things that may feed my soul. This is, this is like where I need to be and staying here yeah. is fine. Well, as a, as a nutrition coach, I mean, I'm sure, right. This, you know, this, cause this, the maintenance calories and helping a client figure out what those are is the first thing you do. Right. Mm-hmm. Like before, for the most part, I mean, all the nutrition programs I have experience with, you establish maintenance as your first goal, and then you stay at maintenance until you really figure out, okay, these are my maintenance calories. This is what my body needs to basically stay in in stasis, doing what I want to do. You know, if you change your training, it might change a bit, but you always establish that before you try to bulk or cut or or do anything else, right? I mean, my I mean, my first nutrition coach. I didn't, I didn't get to try anything until basically establishing maintenance for like three months. Yeah. And it's like everybody wants to drastic things to change and to be all yeah. over the place. It's like, oh, no, no, no. And I felt awesome at maintenance, by the mm-hmm. way. Right? Like right now I am in a very small cut. And so I'm a little bit hungrier and right. Like I'm not feeling quite as good at the gym kind of thing. Cause yeah, there's just a, a small amount of fewer carbs <laughs> uh, in my life right now, but at maintenance calories, that's it's awesome to find that number because that's usually where you feel the best as well. Like you can go hard in the gym, you can feel satisfied, you're not starving, going to bed, stuff like that. And and it's a lot more calories than most people think it is <laughs> that you can eat without gaining weight. So when in your life have you felt most body positive about yourself? Ooh. that's terrible run that one on her well and i feel yeah i feel like we should totally have answers to that question that are much more at the ready um yeah i mean i definitely okay there there are moments i mean i can't think of exactly what, what year it was or something but i remember um it was probably like my second into maybe my third year of CrossFit. It was the same year I got my first strict Mm pull-up that I remember doing a beach wad. Like we went down to the beach to do an outdoor workout. workout. Yeah, sorry. Workout of the day was at the beach. Um, And I actually like took my shirt off because it was hot and we were covered in sand and I was going to go swimming to wash off all the sand. Um, And somebody took a group photo and I remember seeing that photo and like just, it's weird to say it so kind of blandly, but like being okay with the way I looked in that photo. Mm -hmm. Like, like I didn't look at that photo and think anything negative. I, like I felt really good that year. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's Did it take you looking at the photo to feel good about yourself or in general, were you just like, heck yeah. Yeah. I think it, it took me looking at the photo to realize I had been happy with myself, right? Like it's kind of like the progress photo thing where sometimes you just need to see a photo, but, but I had been feeling great. I hadn't been feeling bad about my body. Right. And I feel like maybe that's it. Like body positivity is, it's more the absence of body negativity. Ooh. 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 All right. I'm going to have okay. to write that down and remind okay. myself of it. I feel like, like you should get that <laughs> tattooed on your forearm. It's the absence of negativity. Yeah. I like that. 
Because, I mean, we don't, I mean, I don't think I can be like Lizzo and, like, talk to my belly every day and, like, celebrate it that way. But if you yeah, do, like please send me that days. Video. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be part of the, the, the YouTube video day of Hannah and I doing different I just, things we like, talk about. <laughs> I just really want to know what conversation you would have with Maybe I'll talk like. to my boobs. I do love them. <laughs> whatever, dude, whatever. My conversation with my mind would be like, where, where, do you, where are you? I'm, Feel free I to come out of my you. <laughs> so body positivity is the absence of the body negativity. That's like maintenance. It's like mind maintenance. Then. Mind maintenance. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Pearls. Pearls of wisdom Just here. Pearls everywhere. <laughs> wow. I need a moment. That was good. I like that. You know, I need to learn how to make those Instagram posts, like, where, where you kind of quote yourself. <laughs> like, but but people make them all pretty, like, they're all graphically designed Quite. nice. I don't know. By how me. To, I don't know how to do those. But, yeah, it's like, here's me. Here's my, Maybe my wisdom should, for the day. Maybe we should start a movement, just like, absence of body negativity <laughs> movement. <laughs> Which is almost as hard almost to say. Almost as awkward to say, yes. I, I don't think, we are not marketing geniuses, clearly. <laughs> With the idea factory and somebody else needs to come and name yeah. our movement yeah. of like, get rid of the bad self-talk, get rid of an impossible image, ditch value in a scale weight, ditch the value you play in a, size. In a particular yeah. dress size, and just focus on being healthy and what your body can do, and then apply that same kind of like acceptance and kindness to other people. Yeah. So I just don't get the hate. That's the truth. Yeah, that's and that's the thing you see everywhere. Like I think I I think I mentioned this in the last one where when my nutrition coach told me to stop posting photos, I posted bot- like little memes, like mm-hmm. positive inspirational memes and I remember once searching for body positive memes and what came up most were body hating memes. Like stuff that just said like Body positivity equals the justification of being obese. Or, you know, it was basically like really awful, um, you know, people kind of trolling the movement. And it's true. I, I don't know. That's the part I'm not sure I mean, I how think to it's... get around on the internet, especially. It's yeah. like, how do you just filter out the hate? Because I don't think we can stop the hate, right? Like no. There are always going to be people that feel like it is their responsibility to like, hate these movements, hate people that do love their bodies and are comfortable with them. Um, we should also just start placing so much value in what complete strangers or bots are saying on Also the true. I mean, also the damn movement true. is called body positivity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not hate so, on another human. I know. And the trouble with, like, for some people who are overweight are there because of... Not because they're lazy, sloppy, yeah. you know uneducated about what being healthy is is like some people are in a bad place in life and food is their addiction and food addiction is probably the cruelest of all addictions because if you get addicted to drugs and alcohol and you can go through a program you can quit drugs and alcohol and live your life there's a lot more acceptable rehab quit food yeah because it just doesn't work so it's kind of cruel that the very thing that is making you unhealthy is also necessary for sustaining life. Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought about that. Like alcoholics, Alcoholics Anonymous, the whole thing is like, you know, you're once an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic for life. So if you touch one drop. Yeah. You don't see like an alcoholic going, you know, I'm just going to go to the bar and have one drink. Right. But someone who's dealing with food addiction absolutely has to have at least a certain amount of calories to. So the yeah i mean the social media the the rise of the internet unfortunately has just meant people have access yeah. to others and can also the good throw and the bad hate you can get lizzo behind, like, you can uh, you can have access to lizzo in a way you couldn't if we didn't have social mm-hmm. media um you can get access to all kinds of amazing positive things but it's always going to come with with some negative stuff but i mean too. i think the one thing that we have is like you don't have to to pay attention to that. Like if something triggers you or makes you feel shitty about yourself, unfollow it. You can also turn off comments, right? Turn Can't off you? comments. I, I think. I, I think. I think you have control um, on on some of some platforms. I think you do have control to switch off commenting. I mean, it's mostly like news sites, I guess, that can switch that off. 
or just, you know, not allow people to be able to DM you. Got it. Wow. Body positivity. <laughs> what did you say? The absence of body negativity. Yeah. Negativity. I body can't even say that now. Maybe it's just the... Yeah, that, that one's not any less awkward to say. It's just the absence of body negativity. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we scratched the surface of it. Yeah, I think there's a, a lot much more. deeper a lot subject. More here. And I feel like there's so many avenues of it. Like we, we need to talk to people who are amputees, people who have been, who yeah. have dealt with like some kind of disfigurement of some sort, mm-hmm. whether it's like from an accident, whether it's a birth defect, whether yeah. it's just like someone who's covered in cellulite and that's genetically how they were pre-programmed or even freckles oh yeah i want i want to know more about freckles i know we're gonna have to research (laughs) freckles i think also i know there there are uh like fashion designers who have had like wheelchairs on the runway stuff Mm -hmm. like that so it's not just about size and but i mean it's wouldn't it be great if you could invent a pill where people would just like (laughs) This is me. Let's own it. Let's like figure out a way to make everybody just own who the heck they are and realize that, you know, don't do things to harm yourselves. Do things to love on yourselves and take care of yourselves and just be nice. Be nice. You heard this it here first. Plea. We need a pill that just makes people be nice, nice to themselves and others. Yes. If we had that, we'd be fine. That's positivity. <laughs> that is. That's, that's, that's profound. Yeah. Profound. That's me in a nutshell. (laughs) Profound. (laughs) Well, uh, I feel like that's a good place to wrap this particular episode up, but we will certainly be back with more because I kind of love this subject and uh, as humans, we're probably still very much in our infancy, infancy, can't even say that. Apparently Hannah can't talk. I'll be she's, back she's, with another she's episode. She's had coffee when I can and, and cupcakes, uh, so that's, that's all jacked up on caffeine and not, sugar. Yeah. Uh, oh gosh, the world now knows I do eat sugar. Oh, shock horror! Oh yeah, we used to podcast occasionally with with wine in our hands. Today has been coffee and cupcakes. So, but yes, we we will be back with more on this and and some guests for of all different shapes and sizes and experiences. And um, just take the focus of everything that's external and bring it back to like what's going on inside because, you know, that's that's the important part, right? Yep. Cool. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> As ever, thank you so much for tuning in. Please feel free to share um, and DM us if you have any interesting ideas or comments or, you know, don't be mean. Yeah, yeah, we're not inviting any not in the business trolls. uh... (laughs) We're in the business of spreading good information and positive thoughts, and uh, stay tuned. Episode four coming your way soon. Thank you.